Welcome to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Dr. Kirby Stewart. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Kirby Stewart. And good morning, and thank you for joining us on a Sunday afternoon. I always say good morning, Dr. Stewart. you got to break me of that somehow. And and I'm Mark Myers. I'm with Personal Responsibility Recovery. We bring you the Recovery Hour every Sunday from 12 noon to 1 o'clock to discuss addiction, to discuss substance use disorder, um, leading cause of death. We always say that, but it's important. Leading cause of death between 18 and 45-year-old now is uh, is the opioid crisis and substance use disorder. And as an industry, we have to do better. We just have to do better on, on talking about this, on normalizing this, destigmatizing, getting rid of the shame, getting rid of all of the well, the stigma that goes with it, normalizing conversations about recovery and uh, substance use disorder and to be a resource for our community. PersonalResponsibilityRecovery.com. Use us, please. Any answer, questions we can answer, uh, of course, join our conversation today, 512-836-0590. You can join that by text or give us a uh, call. Uh, would love to have your questions and uh, see if we can help on that. And Dr. Stewart, good morning. We have a pretty great guest this morning, Patrick Hensley with Hensley Sober Living. And I love the name, Not a Glum Lot. Uh, Patrick, welcome welcome to the show. And, and Dr. Stewart, good morning, sir. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Patrick uh, is uh, one of my heroes in, in the recovery movement. So I'm, I'm really glad to have you here, Patrick. And uh, I love what you're doing and the philosophy of uh, community building that uh, inspires your efforts. And I, I, I think I'm just going to turn things over to you. Just jump right in and introduce yourself and let us know what you're up to. Okay. Uh, yeah. thanks, thanks, thanks for having <laughs> me on the show. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you for being yeah, here. I'm Patrick Hensley. I uh, run Hensley House Sober Living Home and uh, the 501c3 nonprofit called Not a Glum Lot. Uh, I guess the the pilot program, without even knowing it, for Not a Glum Lot was the Hensley House Sober Home. Um, I'm just typically an outgoing guy to start with, and I would always, you know, go to football games, or uh, we're gonna go shoot some sporting clays, or we're gonna go fishing, or we're gonna go play some paintball, and I would just grab all the guys in the house. They'd come with me all the time. And all of a sudden, the average length of stay at my house started to double and then triple the, the average length of stay at a typical sober home. And these guys were staying sober a lot longer. Um, and I put it together that one of the biggest differences that we were doing that other houses weren't was just having all these great community outings, having all these great events t- together. Yeah. Really created a big sense of brotherhood and camaraderie. And uh, I believe a lot of places are doing great jobs at teaching people like the treatment centers out there, um, detox centers out there, there's a lot of good places out there really being extremely helpful in teaching people how not to die. That's, I, that's I, the goal. I believe our part coming in is after people have taught them how not to die, we teach them how to live. That's what a great philosophy. <laughs> Patrick, talk, uh, there may be someone out there in our listening audience today that may not know what a sober home is or... Is that the same thing as a halfway house? Or? I got you. Um, sober living homes specifically, uh, the purpose they serve is the concept that when someone is in a 
substance abuse treatment center, uh, rehab per se, uh, it's not too hard to stay sober in there. They're usually in a protected bubble. They, they got sometimes yeah, they don't serve alcohol at lunch there. Ne- negative, no, no, <laughs> or dinner, <laughs> or dinner. Yes, yeah. that's frowned upon. Frowned upon. Uh, so yeah, but when people are in treatment centers, it's it's they got a really nice protected bubble around them. But when they get out, uh, that's where a good sober home comes in because I teach these guys how to apply. Uh, the the tools and the lessons that they learned in rehab into everyday life when they have bosses and jobs and deadlines and emails and families and taxes when all that stuff comes at them really fast and there's a liquor store on the corner or you know you can go find a uh, gosh after COVID you can get things delivered to you it's not even that hard so when it's really easy to get your hands on any substance you want and you have all these things of life coming at you Hensley House and other good sober homes teach these guys how to manage that while applying the rules and the lessons they learned in rehab into their everyday life until it becomes an autopilot for them. So that's when it's time for them to leave. When they get out, they're set and they're ready. They already have the habits formed and they're living a genuine life of recovery and then they're ready to be on their own. That's what we do at a good sober house. And I I know we're building a community more and more, and I think sometimes people aren't aware of the community that exists in Austin, like Not a Glum Lot and and several others that, you know, we've, Dr. Dr. Stewart, you've said so many times on the show, and and I agree, of course, is the 12-step programs that I think have to be part of our life. Um, I know certainly for myself, has to be part of my life. And those carry us so far, but to have the community outside those to, to be part of a bigger community, to be part of the fun, the growth, the education, the support system. To me, that's, that's just without parallel on shrinking that recidivism rate that maintains today at 85% nationwide after treatment the first year. So you're reducing that greatly. And I, I think, Dr. Stewart, you're a, a huge fan of that as well. Absolutely, Mark. Absolutely. I, I like to share the story. My, my personal story was that after I had been in a, a 12-step community uh, for some time, uh, I happened to attend uh, uh, an event where we went bowling, uh, a bunch of people from my home group, and I had the time of my life. I, I had the best time I had could ever remember having had and as I was driving home from that event it dawned on me like a flash of lightning that I didn't drink any alcohol that, that I had had a great time and there were no substances involved and I am a recovering alcoholic so that was a big big moment uh, of awareness for me uh, because I had uh, you know drank alcohol quote, functionally, unquote, for 25 years. And, and I, I, I had never, in those 25 years, had an experience of pure joy. Because, uh, the, the, you know, the alcohol will give me a buzz, but it is not a source of joy. And uh, it was quite a remarkable experience for me to have that. And I know, Patrick, you're creating that for the, for the guys that you work with. It's yeah. one thing that I've noticed, and it seems to run pretty par for the course across the boards. I use myself as an example. When I got sober, I remember the specific thought, yay, I'm not going to die of cirrhosis anymore. That, that's great. That's a big bonus. But there <laughs> goes anything fun. 
Like, <laughs> right. Like, how, no am more ever, fun. <laughs> how am I ever going to go to another Longhorn football game without a flask of whiskey in my boot? Um, like fishing without drinking? I, I've never never heard of that. I don't even know if it's legal to float the river without a beer in your hand. Like you should call. You <laughs> Tur- need, turns out it is. You need to call first. Uh, <laughs> but and so a lot of these, everyone that I have met in my experience does have that fear. Like they're excited to be out of the cycle of addiction, but they're also thinking like, well, this is going to be the most boring existence imaginable. Um, and when I take these people to you know, last year we had 93 events with 3,140 uh, you know, participants. And when these people come out and let's say they go and float the river, whether they know it or not, when they leave that trip, when they're on the bus headed back from the Comal River, they, their outlook on a lifetime of sobriety just got a lot brighter because they're saying to themselves like, whoa, that, that was fun. Just like you said, Dr. Stewart, Absolutely. they have that epiphany like that, that was great. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I love the term epiphany for that moment because it, it truly was for me and and that experience uh, becomes a felt sense of viability inside of me. Like, may yeah, maybe I can do this. You know, really seriously, I can do this. I have something inside of myself that will allow me to stay sober. Well, and and. Dr. Stewart, you often talk about the reward system, and uh, Patrick, I love what you said earlier about the steps and uh, how that activates the reward system, and we'll we'll probably get right back to that. Again, if you'd like to join us, 512-836-0590, call or text, and uh, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back right after the break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Dr. Kirby Stewart. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour. I'm Mark Myers, and uh, of course, our host, Dr. Kirby Stewart. Uh, if you want to join our conversation this morning, 512 836 call or text. And, uh, you know, d- during the break thing, we were talking a lot about the reward system, which is one of my, my favorite topics because Dr. Stewart explains it where a guy like me can understand it and, and it turns out it's time tied in so well to what patrick does as well and dr kirby would you yeah. would you continue on yeah, with let me that jump for us, in please? Here, Mark. the only been in the last 20 years or so that we've come to understand maybe 30 years uh that there is a a specific uh system functional system in the brain that uh, has to do with memory and pleasure and uh, sus- engaging in life-sustaining activities which are naturally rewarding. Uh, the, so, so this system has been called the pleasure center. Uh, some people call it the reward system. And a lot of people are familiar with the primary neurotransmitter involved in the functioning of this reward system called dopamine and so some people actually refer to this whole this whole operational f- schema as the dopamine system but the bottom line is that uh, mother nature evolved this system in the brain uh, to encourage us to repeat to engage in activities that are life-sustaining and repeat those activities and the guarantor of repeating the activities is that it feels rewarding uh, to do so. 
And so that's why I call it the reward system. And it's a, a peculiar oddity uh, that substances of abuse, including alcohol, activate the reward system. I'm not sure that we evolved in that direction. I did. <laughs> uh, you know, some people make a strong argument that we did. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, I don't want to go down the pathway of talking about how psychedelics uh, activate the reward system. That's a very interesting topic, and maybe we can do so in the future. But the point I'm trying to make here is that the one thing all substances of abuse have in common is that they activate the reward system. And that's why they're addicting. The, the trouble with that uh, pattern is that using those substances are not, it, it's not life-sustaining. So it actually hijacks the life-sustaining uh, properties of reward system activation. And the individual, when they're activating their reward system using substances, will oftentimes stop engaging in life-sustaining activities, and they will isolate. Now, by the way, the primary activator of the reward system that is life-sustaining is forming relationship, making uh, emotional uh, connections with other people is reward activating and it's probably the primary way that we can activate our reward systems on an ongoing basis so uh, what I have oftentimes said is that recovery is in large measure about getting your reward system back because it has been hijacked by the substance of abuse that that you've uh, stuck in there uh, to uh, perhaps uh, get a shortcut to uh, reward and and that's the the real drama and and, and uh, damage done by addiction is that in favor of a shortcut to reward we undermine other life-sustaining activities that uh, would be so much healthier for us to engage in over the long run in particular relationships so addiction is isolating we, we uh, tend to not uh, engage in relationships uh, when we're uh, suffering from addiction, and uh, that, that's a big, big problem. So uh, the uh, bottom line is that what we want to do is get the reward system back in recovery. Absolutely. Get it back. And get so back. this not-a-glum lot really just shoots right down that lane. And it, it's not, and, and as I sit here and listen, just for my clarification, when you say that that high, not everyone has that reward system hijacked from using substances. That's kind of specific to addicts, I guess, or people susceptible to uh, addiction well, or yeah. alcoholism, because there, there are some people who can take that or leave that. But Well, you know, one of the primary ways that addiction is mediated through our genetics through genetic mediation of addiction, it takes place because the reward system of people who use substances of abuse and develop an addiction is much, much more uh, reactive than the reward system of people who use those same substances but do not develop addiction. So what, what does that mean? In plain English, uh, let's just set up an arbitrary scale of 1 to 10 
I have a glass of wine and my reward system fires off at a nine, okay? Uh, my, my dear friend has a glass of wine with me and her reward system fires off at a two. So if she has negative consequences that surpass the two, she's not going to drink a second glass of wine or a third. And by the way, if you're not an alcoholic, you, you start drinking too much, the negative consequences build up pretty quickly. Very quickly. But if you are an alcoholic, you're at a nine, hey, a negative consequence that's a six is nothing for me. That's like a speed bump, <laughs> you know. And the third and fourth glass of wine, uh, uh, you know, so you end up uh, chasing your tail. Uh, Quickly. Trying to keep that reward activation going. And the, the, it, it gets complicated, but the point is, is that the reward system, chasing reward system activation is basically addiction. And now there are other ways of activating your reward system, like developing close relationships with people, accomplishment, overcoming resistance uh, to a project like, like fear or anxiety is, is transiently rewarding. Skydiving. Sky, I was going to say, Patrick, you seem to, with not yeah, a glum lot, yeah, yeah. You, you guys have a whole list of them. Yeah. <laughs> now, other people have called in and they're active, you know, Eating is reward activating. And for some people, eating is very, very reward activating. For others, not so much. And, and so you, you have a, a model for understanding the basis of eating disorders. All mammals engage in compulsive behavior when they're threatened. Sooner or later, they will engage in compulsive behavior in the face of a threat. All mammals do that. Humans are mammals, and we do that. And the most common compulsive behavior that we tend to engage in is, is workaholism or, or getting busy. Uh, right. But you have eating disorders. You have, you know, uh, I could go on and on, but I, I, I feel like I want to uh, turn things back to the insight that sponsors Patrick's work, which is that we need to get our reward system back. We need to remember, learn and remember how to have fun and to experience true joy. The most rewarding experience that we can have is actually that of joy as we experience uh, a sense of the transcendent. And uh, that's why the whole thing gets spiritual real fast when you start talking about recovery. It does, and, and I know that you know, we spend so much time in a residential treatment setting that way with our clinicians and, of course, with 12-step work and, uh, you know, all of the recovery coaching and counseling, helping someone understand that. And and we do a fabulous job in that 28 days of helping to someone understand that. But then after that 28 days, when you leave our gates or you leave the gates of, of even the greatest treatment programs without the community and the services like not a glum lot and the sober living and what patrick does to to reintroduce people into that um that that's just priceless or or without parallel or however we want to do that so patrick when when we come back here in a minute would love for you to really kind of dive into 
your philosophies on that and what you do and maybe maybe how some people can get in touch with not a glum lot and you know uh, again the we always try and do a couple of things i've got about a minute here but we always try and do a couple of things one reach out to the to the person who's stuck in that spot right now where it's just the obsessive repetition of using of not being able to get out of that of being stuck in that spot to where the only reward you have in your life is just not working anymore and uh you know there's help out there for that and there's resources out there for that and there's a way to there's a way to to get back those relationships there's a way to put the brakes on that but it does take some action on that person's part absolutely yeah it it really does and and Folks, if you want to join us, uh, 512-836-0590, call or text 512-836-0590. Patrick, we kind of kind of left you out of that segment there, man. When we come back, we're going <laughs> to visit with you a lot more about Not a Glum Lot, and uh, we'll look, for, look forward to that. And we will uh, be back here after just a, uh, a real quick news break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Dr. Kirby Stewart. And again, thank you for joining us on a Sunday afternoon for the Recovery Hour. Uh, if you want to join our conversation on KLBJ News Radio 512-836-0590, call or text. Um, Dr. Stewart, we were, again, during the break, involved in conversation. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, well, I, for all of my uh, uh, explication of the reward system, I, I want to get back to the basics of uh, why Patrick is here today. And I, I'm curious, Patrick, what's the relationship between the nonprofit, Not a Glum Law, and the sober homes that you uh, run it uh, that relationship is real simple really the the sober homes are full of people that are new in recovery and those are the ones that uh, that can benefit the most from learning as soon as possible that recovery isn't boring isn't glum um, that those those are houses full of people that are scared that when when they're going to live this life of sobriety that they're going to be bored and uh, it's the greatest place to, to find participants for our events. Like all I do, take that whole last segment you all spoke about on how that whole how the whole process works, and how it rewards and all, and then how we how we get better. All I do is make that entire process fun and easier. <laughs> That's it, because it, yeah. it, it's a tricky process, and it's uh, I always say it's simple, but it's 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 hard. It, it takes hard work, and um, you want to get people to do something, make it fun. <clears throat> Make it you, fun. you have an annual event for clay shooting, is that correct? That's right. Shoot for sobriety. Shoot for sobriety. I couldn't remember the name of it. Shoot for sobriety. And and uh, I, I understand that was quite a success this year. It was big. It's really big. It's really big. I, we were discussing it one of the times uh, in, in the 12 steps. The first step is the only step that has anything to do with drugs and alcohol. The other 11 steps are just a design for living. That when you live that way, your body will naturally release the dopamines and endorphins that you used to need drugs and alcohol uh, to feel. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that if you take a you know addiction one hundred and one, just the most simplest class. Whenever the people are ingesting that amount of alcohol or, or drugs, they're just flooding their system with artificial dopamines and endorphins. 
Mm-hmm. We're just teaching them a healthy way to do that, natural way to do that, so that they can engage in activities. And when they engage in those activities, the exact same dopamines and endorphins are being released. And they do that long enough, and they're not going to need the drugs and alcohol to do it anymore. Um, that's how that's how we've worked. That's how we've had such incredible success. These people are coming through and like, that was a lot of fun. That was great. And like Kirby said, the amount of times I've heard people say like, hey, I think I can do this. That's our goal. That's what we're after. And once they hit that point, then... You know, I'm glad if they come back to more meetings, more uh, more outings and events, but they don't have to because they've already reached that spot. Then they're like, oh, like the lights turned on, the light yeah. switch goes on. That's yeah. the, that's the beauty. It's gorgeous. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. So where does the not a glum lot come from? I know I know where it comes from, but I think some people in our listening audience may not know where. Sure. where in in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous is the part that talks about we we insist on enjoying life. Uh-huh. We are not a glum lot. Yeah. That's where that's exactly where that phrase that term comes from, um, and it's it's not spoken about a whole lot. Uh, it's a rather small portion of the book because there's a lot of other stuff to go over. Uh, but I've just taken that and really, really ran with it. Um, I'm, I'm just a, I, I consider myself a fun captain. I have the coolest <laughs> job in the world. I, I'm after this, you know, I'm taking 85 people out on the largest party boat on Lake Travis. You're doing that this afternoon. That's from four to eight this afternoon on Lake Travis, a large Marge party barge. Uh, next, oh, we got coming goodness. up, you know, Quest ATX Water Park, where they got a in, you know a surf park and the biggest blob you can have, and we throw three people on and blast somebody all the way in the air <laughs> off of that thing. Um, you know, come dove season, we're gonna have a bunch of guys out in the dove fields, and uh, deer season, we'll do the same thing. I don't know what happens. You can take two guys that have never met each other before. Put them in a deer blind at 5 a.m. And whether they, you know, have a deer or not, when they leave that deer blind, they know each other better. That 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 sense of community, that, that sense of brotherhood and camaraderie. Um, we're just trying to do that on a much larger scale with with as many people as we can in the Austin recovery community, and it's and, working. You know, our our treatment center is on a 121 acre ranch, and most of it is a wildlife exempt ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, our experience has been that same thing: that brotherhood and that camaraderie. Uh, of being out in that and I think it ties into because I'm speaking for myself we're talking about a lot of reward systems that come into our body but the there's a spiritual side of that as well uh, for me that when I'm out in that deer blind that that uh, there's there's a lot of things I can absorb during that time as well in the relationship one-on-one with someone and in a in a higher power relationship as well to be out and be having that kind of fun in those in those events. I don't think it's a coincidence when you get out in settings like that, people call it God's country. Yeah, I know our ranch is God's country. In fact, he stops by pretty often, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Yeah, so, so I, I wish it could be communicated to every single person out there who is poised recognizing that they probably shouldn't keep drinking and using, but looking into a future of themselves as an individual, not drinking and using anymore, and wondering, how am I going to do that? And I just noticed in my thinking that the problem is that they're thinking of themselves as an individual going on alone, not drinking and using. And that's not how it works, is it? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah. 
It's a lot refers to, not a glum lot refers to group. <laughs> yes, that's the gang. That's a, that's yeah. our crew. That's our squad. Um, and all these events, everything that we do, there's there's never one person. It's always a group. Like the, this party barge is eighty five people. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely our, our amazing. Monthly not a glum gatherings. There's at least one hundred and fifty people that come to those. It's a big crew. It's always a big crew. And whenever you got whenever you got your A team like that, people around you supporting you, doing the same thing. Whenever newcomers show up and they see a group that size doing that, they're like, whoa, hey, I like this. And I know that Atomic Souls, who's been on a guest on us, uh, our show as well, um, Rachel Stein and uh, Sky Hilton. and Great they group. Do, they're great, incredible group. Yep. And they also help, and, and they're very near and dear to my heart. I am a, was, uh, I guess still am, professional photographer. I'm a writer. Um, and I had questions about can I be creative even um, once the alcohol, because I was so trained in that area to think that the alcohol and drugs were what enhanced that, quite the opposite. Um, once I got rid of those and had the support systems and the reward systems that we're talking about today, I found out actually I function a little bit better when I'm not dulled by the alcohol substances. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. I, I discovered inebriated is a real, that's a real word. That, there's a real reason that that's, uh, that is used as a description. And, and Patrick, I wanted to read a text here that just says, I'm currently at Hensley House for Recovery of Alcohol Addiction. It is saving my life getting back into the city that I have lived my whole life. I'm finally doing all of the things I love to do, and I'm doing it sober and having a blast. That's from one of your guys. That has to feel really good to have a text come in like that, because that's one of the greatest rewards that I think, Dr. Stewart, I've been witness to some text that you have received. I have received those. Patrick, I know you have. Working in this field is so incredibly hard sometimes, but when we see that result, boy, that's hard to beat. That fulfillment that comes from that, that the, the contentment, just to, I don't know, that makes my soul smile hearing that. That's our goal. Like that's, that's the purpose. That's what we're doing. Um, to have these guys being able to go out and experience life and experience joy and happiness when they were sure they were not going to be able to before, um, you know, that's, that, that person, whoever sent that text in, is, is on their way towards a fun and exciting and happy life of recovery. And they're probably going to the lake this afternoon. Damn right they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're coming out. They're coming out. Uh, and they'll be coming to all the, all the other future events that we have. Like the, It's a lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun. And it's really teaching these folks, hey, you can come out and have a good time. And it, you don't need drugs and alcohol to do that. We took a huge group of people to see the Pink Floyd Laser Light Show. And I had, I had a mom call me. She's like, are you sure it's a good idea to take my son to a Pink Floyd show? And I was like, whenever he finishes that show and he realizes he did not have to be on X, Y, and Z drug to enjoy that, it's going to change the the projected, you know, the projection of his life and his recovery. It it makes a difference. Um, <clears throat> and you know, you were asking Dr. Stewart about the what's the link between sober living and, and the Nottingham lot and the fun that we have. It's really again just the sober homes are full of people that are new in recovery. Uh-huh. And the sooner that we can get to those folks and teach them that, hey, this isn't going to be glum. This isn't going to be boring. You can come out and have a really good time, uh, the better. The, the, the higher their outlook is on a lifetime of sobriety, and it, it's really helpful. Whenever I started doing a lot of these events, like I said, Hensley House was a pilot program for Not a Glum Lot without even knowing it. Uh, the average length of stay of a typical sober home is three months. Um, 
and I'd say the average relapse rate is probably one and a half relapses every month, so three relapses every two months. I would have all these events and outings. We've taken these Hensley House guys to go do all kinds of stuff, and our, our average length of stay went from three months to six months to nine months, and now our average length of stay is just under a year. And our relapse rate, instead of being one, one and a half every month, is one every six months. Wow. And what's the difference? Is that these guys are, we're, we're having a really good time together. We're, we're having fun together. We're enjoying ourselves. Uh, that's the biggest difference that I've found. Um, and I just built upon that. I saw it. I saw what happened with that. I saw the good that it does. And I wanted to be able to spread it to more places. And that's where the birth of Not a Glim Lot, the nonprofit, came from. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, when we return from the break, I want to talk a little bit about how you're shifting uh, people who come in with a dependency away from that dependency towards an interdependency where now they're depending upon relationships with other people instead of depending upon a drug. And uh, I, I just had that insight and I wanted to share it. Ooh, yeah. Good for me, good for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, 512-836-0590 at uh, 12.45 on News Radio 590, and uh, appreciate y'all joining us. We'll be back here in just a minute. And again, 512-836-0590 if you uh, want to call or text and join our conversation. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Dr. Kirby Stewart. And good afternoon again. It is 1248 on KLBJ News Radio. Uh, we're here with Dr. Stewart, uh, the recovery hour with Dr. Kirby Stewart. I'm Mark Myers with Personal Responsibility Recovery and our guest, Patrick Hensley, with Not a Glum Lot and Hensley House Sober Living. If you want to join us, 512-836-0590, call or text. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot on the break here, but one of those things was we're, we're talking about rewards and getting back our life and all, but it starts it starts with an ask for help. And uh, if if you've got someone, a lot of times a call in radio show may not be the best time to call in and say, "Hey, my life's falling apart, and I'm I'm fired from my job, and I'm getting it." And all those horrible things that happen when we substitute our reward system for substances. Personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. Use us as a resource. Contact us off the air because we have resources of just about every counseling center, treatment center, all of the different things that are available to start that process. And and even, it's a first step, just start it. That's the only advice I can give is make a call, start it. Send an email, start the process. If you feel like you're in need of that, typically you are. And uh, that that's just something I wanted to throw out there as we as we go. And then, and then Dr. Stewart, I know you were you were involved in visiting with Patrick uh, a little bit on a on a idea you had right before you oh, right yeah, before just, our break. Just yes, yes, break, just I'd... before the break. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, please use this as a resource. And well, Dr. Stewart, I'm turn this back over to you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated. Well, the uh, key to successful recovery is being able to build successful relationships and in by successful I basically mean a relationship that is life-sustaining and uh, 
rewarding. We're using that word a lot today. Uh, and I see Patrick as really being a maestro of creating opportunities for people to engage in relationships in healthy ways that uh, you, you, you kind of put the happy hour idea to work without the beer, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, and I, I guess really I'm not so much asking for a, a particular answer to my question, but I, I guess if I did have a question, it would be, isn't it kind of hard to be happy all the time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll always tell these guys it's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time uh, when, I'm, when I'm working with the guys at Hensley House. Uh, but where the connection piece fits in is because these guys stay at the house so long, so much longer than a typical house, they stay there for a really long time, they, they create bonds with the other guys that are there in the house with them. Yes. Whenever you, whenever you have the same roommate for a year, you get to know each other really well. Like I'll have parents that will call in, oh, I'm looking for a spot for my son, but I want him to have a single room. I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't want him to have his own single room. Um, and so these guys get to know each other really well at Hensley House. And what happens is life is still going to happen. It's, yeah. not, it's not always going to be uh, just wonderful days. Some guys, sometimes days will not be so good. And when that guy gets home, whenever these guys have lived with each other long enough, they learn to read each other's nuances. And so a byproduct of just taking these guys to go have fun is they stay longer. Because they're staying longer, they get to know each other better. When they get to know each other better, they can read each other's body language and nuances really well. And so when you know John comes home, and he's usually really happy-go-lucky, a couple other guys notice and like, hey, what's up, John? Yeah. Well, nothing. No, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we know something's up. Like, let's yeah. talk about it. And that, that community that they have, the brotherhood and camaraderie, the feeling of family that we have at Hensley House allows those guys to get vulnerable, to get open, to get honest, to start talking about things. So things will still happen. The difference is nothing has a chance to snowball because mm -hmm. these guys can talk to each other about it. They can bring it up. And that is built by the community that we've been very specific with building in a certain way to have that brother, to have that camaraderie, because it opens up the honesty, it opens up the vulnerability, which is really hard. Um, everyone wants to come across like they have it all together, um, especially in early recovery. A lot of these guys, myself included, uh, had a big problem with getting validation from outside sources. I needed everyone around me to like me. Right. And so I don't want to show any weakness. And yeah. whenever you can build that sense of family and brotherhood, um, they open up. They show that. And I would think those skills then carry forward to when you are in your relationship with a significant other. You, you move forward. You carry those communicative skills with people around you, with your family, with your spouse, with your children. With You're, you're just simply, like you said, steps 2 through 12 teach us a pattern of a better way to live. And when you can really embrace that, you, you're truly living your best life. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference when, uh, <clears throat> when people realize that, um, especially people in early recovery, when they realize that. Because what, what people typically need to find out is, which was a shocker to me, like the easiest part of my recovery was stopping drinking. That was the easy part. Which, is, which was weird when someone said that to me. The easiest part of your recovery, Patrick, is when, when you quit drinking tequila. I was like, what? I thought if I quit drinking tequila, that'll, that'll solve everything. Turns um, out it doesn't. No. <laughs> and, and what these steps are good at is teaching why you ever picked it up 
in the first place? Why you ever picked it up, uh, you know, alcoholically in the first place? And so you're able to go back and, and look and a lot of introspection, a lot of work on yourself and find out what was I so worried about? And you get down to the root causes of those sort of things and you quit just using a Band-Aid. And that does bleed over into your relationships. That does bleed over into relationship with your family, with your spouse, with your friends, with your coworkers. Um, people will notice when, when folks are open, when folks are able to get open and honest and vulnerable. And it's usually contagious. Other people will, will start to kind of join in on that because one person does it, it'll show the other people that it's okay to do that. Um, yeah, that that makes a big piece. So you can have it. There's a large ripple effect that it'll create in in your home, in your office, in your community, in your church, in your in your sporting clays club, <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever yeah. your thing is. So Patrick, what role does spirituality play in in your work in general and in your own personal recovery in particular? Um, when I speak about spirituality, the first thing I always do is try to make a differentiation between spirituality and religion. Um, there's some folks that haven't had the best experience with particular religions. So I always say, you know, the difference between spirituality and religion is religion is following the messenger. Uh, spirituality is just following the message. Exactly. And what do I think the number one message is? Whenever you climb that mountain in, in Tibet, whatever, and find the guru and you say, what's the meaning of life? I believe, truly believe the answer is the meaning of life is to make your entire existence to benefit the existence of others. Whenever you find that out, uh, that's where real contentment and fulfillment comes from. Uh, you're, you're helping other people. Um, and I believe the more that we do that, the more we, the more we engage in that, the better our lives become because of it. And it, 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 it took some practice, but uh, I have fully engaged in that. And I don't know if you can come across somebody else in your studio that could be happier than I am. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> and it, it I shows. I tell you, you're an inspiration to me. I, I like to say that there are three major stages in recovery that we go through. And the nature of the stage or the nature of your experience in that stage of recovery is determined by your response to a question. The first stage is your response to, so when are you going to completely surrender and what does that look like? Stage two is, oh, now that you recognize your life isn't about you, what is it going to be about? Nice. <laughs> and stage three is, so how good are you going to let it get? <laughs> that. That's awesome. And, and I think you're probably getting about as good as it is going to get. You're, you're in stage you're, three. <laughs> you're, you're a new father also, I understand. Yes, my daughter yes. just turned one on the 20th. Congratulations. My grandson is six months old, and I tell you, that's the... And, and Kirby, I know your family is, is just, those, those are the things that are as good as it gets for me. Yes. It truly is. And I've, I know we're uh, coming, up on, uh, coming up on the end of our show again, uh, which always feels like uh, you talk to these guys about that two-hour show thing, Kirby, Dr. Kirby, or Dr. Stewart, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Um, final thoughts, Dr. Stewart? Yeah, I, just quickly, you know, if you are in that in-between place, listening to us right now and you're wondering what's it going to be like if I stop drinking and using uh, take the leap man because life is only going to get better take the leap reach out for help and uh, turn yourself over to uh, joy and peace and what really matters uh, 
that's all I have to say. Well, I, I appreciate Patrick, thank you so much for coming out here today, uh, taking part of your Sunday afternoon away from your family, and uh, we certainly appreciate that. And uh, again, you know, uh, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com, we're small, we're a 12-bed, uh, one of the only clinical in nature with an amazing medical staff, uh, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. Please use us as a resource we're there to answer any questions that you may have, offer any resources. Uh, we're, we're, again, just a really great resource. Uh, any of our guests that you want to get hold of, we can uh, we can always guide you that way. Patrick, uh, not a glum lot. It's it's the website, though, is a little bit different. We are not a glum lot. Is that correct? Uh, the website is www.wearenotglum.org. Notglum.org. Thank That's you. Right. I wanted to be sure that I had that straight. And again, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. We will be back here next Sunday. Dr. Stewart, thank you so much for your, your time this afternoon. And Patrick, again, thank you for joining us. We sure appreciate it. Thanks for having me.